On today's episode of the Trade Buzzers podcast, we're going to be looking at an in-depth spread study that I did on my SPY SPX 7 BPE income strategy. Uh, you can think of this as a follow-up to the last episode. Um, I was a little dissatisfied with how I uh, kind of had to just blow off, um, you know, uh, addressing tight spreads or just spreads in general. Um, one, because I don't trade it. Um, and but two, just because I don't have that much experience, so I couldn't really say um, with much um, certainty what the expectation is. And frankly, this is not something I was particularly interested in doing, but I know that, to be fair, not a lot of people have portfolio margin accounts um, or can trade in size, and a lot of people have asked about using spreads in my strategy. So I wanted to just to do this, uh, to get this information out there, um, and being that it's based on a back test, um, I can't say it is 100% accurate or what your results are going to be, but at least it's going to give you some context. So I did a um, number of back tests using eDelta Pro, which is just a you know off-the-shelf back testing software. And generally, I don't always put a lot of weight in these kinds of programs. But being that this strategy is very simple. Um, it's you know the simpler it is, the less moving parts, the the more likely that the results will be you know, fairly accurate. So you can see the results. I'm going to be referring to a table I put together at my trading page. So uh, it's at my Seven DT Strategy page. To find that, just go to my trading page, the thetradebusters.com, and click on the link for the SPX SPY Seven DT Income Strategy. And I added a new tab called the Spread Study. So just to um, kind of set the, the groundwork here, uh, I like to do what's called controlled studies where a lot of the variables are fixed except for one. In this case, it's going to be the width of the, the wing. Um, and, you know, the idea here is to not test a million different combinations and curve fit and just find the exact one and then do that one and think it's always going to be the best. Because no matter what you do, things are going to go in and out of favor. The results are going to vary depending on the environment and the market situation. But it's good to have these kind of controlled studies because you can adjust a single variable and just kind of study qualitatively how different metrics change, the win rate, the PNL, the uh, return on capital. And so again, it's not to cherry pick the best result and just go with that but it's just to get some context and look for trends in in the metrics and the way things go and you'll see when we dive into this table that in fact if you look at any one metric one particular study is not always going to give the best result in every category um, so what is quote-unquote best for you strategy wise is is really going to depend on your own goals and what you're looking to get out of this. So that's what I think is really neat about <clears throat> doing back tests and looking at the results. So um, let's, uh, again, to set the groundwork, um, since my 7DT strategy is generally uh, 10 to 20 delta, I didn't want to test everything under the sun. Again, this is just for context. I fixed the delta. The short strike is fixed at uh, 15 delta. Uh, we don't have a profit target. We have a 2x stop loss to clarify. 200% loss threshold, meaning if it's sold for a dollar, the stop triggers at $3, so the net loss is $2. And this study was done from January uh, of 2016 through July 
of 2021 because that's the, the data that I had in there to use. So it's about a five and a half year study. I approximated a dollar commission and I know depending on the brokerage, you negotiate lower fees. Um, I didn't take into account exchange fees for SPX, for example, versus SPY because someone pointed out that does change a little bit. Um, but again, it's an approximation because it's very important to have something because when I did a study without commission, the results were one thing. And when I added even the dollar, it completely skewed the results. And we'll get into that in a second. Um, now, so those are the fixed variables. Short strike, 15 delta, 2x stop loss, $1 commission, and uh, five and a half years, 2016 to 2021. I looked at SPY and SPX. Um, and again, we'll, we'll be able to compare and contrast that. And I'll tell you why. And then I looked at naked versus trading as a spread. Now, um, I don't think E-Delta Pro has a way to get a fixed wing. At least if there is, I didn't see it. So I went by the delta. Um, so the delta of the long strike, I looked at 13 delta, which is a very tight spread. So 15 short, 13 long. 10 delta, 7 delta, 5 delta, 2 delta, and 1 delta. And to give an approximation, I went in, and this was not super scientific, but I went in the trade log and just looked at the range of uh, wing widths because as the um, volatility goes higher, the width is naturally going to be longer uh, or wider, farther out, and vice versa. So I gave a range. So the wing size, I might say like, oh, it's, uh, you know, the 13 delta long is 5 to 10 points out or 10 to 40 or 20 to 85. So we'll talk about that. Then I looked at the ROC. And then I annualized it for five and a half years just to, I can't give it annualizing term because some people like to know that. And then I recorded the PL for one contract. So E-Delta Pro, I don't think you can change the contract size uh, dynamically. Uh, this was a fixed one contract um, backtest for the strategy. So on here, uh, and I want to point one thing out. Um, I always talk about, for, for example, my account portfolio margin and how efficient it is. So the ROC, or the capital requirement for a spread is fixed at the wing width. And uh, for naked, you know, on reg team margin, about 20%, 20% BPR or 20% of the notional. Um, but I, which is actually what Edel Pro, Pro used. But for me, in portfolio margin, you get double that efficiency, right? The, the capital requirement is only 10%. In fact, it's a little less, it's like eight or something. So just to, you know, for full disclosure, I essentially doubled the ROC recorded by E-Delta Pro for the naked strategy because, in fact, if you have portfolio margin, you're going to get that double the efficiency. So let's dive into this. Um, starting with SPX, uh, we look at 13 delta, tight spread. The win rate, 70%. Win width is about 5 to 10. So, yeah, that, that's about as narrow as you can get. ROC is 32%. Annualize is 5.18%. So the PNL per one contract running this for five and a half years is $3,563. And I'm going to jump to the other end of the extreme real quick just to compare and contrast and we can work our way up. But trading naked is 79%, so a little bit higher. Um, wing size, of course, doesn't matter. The ROC is 216%, right? So massive increase in return on capital, which is an annualized return on capital of 23.27%. And then the PL per contract is 156,239. So vastly greater, which obviously, again, if you have a lot of capital can trade naked, you're going to make more money, right? Because the, the whole point of this study is that people who have small accounts and want to or cannot leverage up or use the, the big buying power and they want to do a tight spread. So 
you know, I kind of want to put it to bed that, yes, you can make money, right? This study shows that. But uh, we're going to look at the kind of the trade-offs of uh, widening out the wing as you go from very tight to very, very large. Okay, so real quick, um, for the very tight spread versus naked, right, from 5.18 ROC annualized to 23.27% um, annualized ROC, PL per contract is 3,500 all the way to 156,000. Now we move to the next row. So if you just move the wing a little further from 13 delta long to 10 delta, right? The width of the wing size goes from 5 to 10 to 10 to 40, right? So the capital requirement, whereas for the super tight wing was five to hundred dollars per con uh, five hundred to a thousand dollars per contract, on the 10 delta is you know a thousand to four thousand dollars per contract. But the ROC is 231%. So that's actually higher than the naked one, right? But here's the thing. That's why people, you know, we shouldn't always, always gravitate towards the ROC. You want to look at the PNL as well. The PNL is only $35,000, right? $35,000, which is much higher than the $3,500 of the tight spread. But of course, it's still only a fraction of trading naked. How is the ROC so high? Well, that's because the buying power requirement is just really, really low. So even that lower PML is in fact a very good ROC. So this is actually kind of interesting, right? Now, if we move up another category to the seven delta long, so the average wing size is about 20 to 85 points, 2,000 to 8,500 capital requirement. Um, and then the win rate is 76%. The ROC for the full study is 322%. And this is, in fact, the highest of the whole study, not just on SPX, but on SPY as well. Annualized is 29.93, almost 30%. And the PNL is 70,700, right? It doubled. You're doubling the PNL from the, uh, the 10 delta long. And uh, the ROC goes up. So this looks great, right? Um, but let's just keep moving on. I want to kind of talk about what's happening here. So if we move up even more, the five delta wing, right? 77% win rate. The wing size is now 45 to 200. Now, why the big range? I'll uh, just note 200 because um, I was just kind of scanning through the whole trade log. 200, the widest wing is basically during the bottom of COVID when uh, VIX was obviously jacked up and your wing is way out there. Uh, so really, it's going to be like probably 45 to like 100 or 150 normally. But the ROC actually drops now. It drops from 322% down to 279%. Annualized is 27.41. But the PNL continues to climb, right? It climbs from 70,700 to 91,000. So what's going on here? This is where we are starting to see an inflection point, right? The PNL is in fact going up, but the capital requirement is going up at a greater rate than the PNL is going up. So you're actually getting a decrease in the capital efficiency, okay? So moving on, two delta, uh, long strike, 77% win rate. So that's the same, not surprising. The wing width is now 85 to 400. So anywhere from 8,500 to 40,000 per, um, per contract, right? And the ROC now drops to 169%. This is actually less than the ROC of trading naked. And this is because, again, just to clarify, I am basing off of a uh, portfolio margin for naked so it's a 10 percent bpr meaning once you go past 10 percent below the money 
the capital requirement of a spread actually exceeds that of naked. This is the thing I kind of mentioned in my last episode. It's because, you know, the ROC on a spread, so the capital requirement is fixed, right? So, you know, it, it, on reg T margin, it's 20%. So if you go more than 20% out of the money, it's already more capital than just trading naked, right? And on portfolio margin, if you go more than 10% out of the money, it's more capital than trading naked. So we're actually reducing... So th this part, and I have this here just for context, the two delta and the one delta, but it's showing you at this point, it's basically just trade naked. But let's look at the stats, okay? So 169% ROC, annualized 19.71, PNL continues to climb $116,707. Now the next category, I have these two sort of extremes, the two delta and the one delta. You would expect these results to be quite similar in which they are. So going to one delta, 78% win rate, the wing width is now 140 to 525. So this is clearly going to be more than that 10% uh, of your, of your um, notional. So, you know, 14,000 to 52,000 on one contract. And I think the average for the strike price was something like, you know, uh, 2,000 or 3,000. Anyways, the 10% the, the itself should something be like 30 to 40,000. So if you're going to 50,000, that's already more than naked, right? ROC, uh, actually climbs a little bit, 179%, but th this could just be coincidence because the, the ROC, the, the capital is probably so similar to the two delta under normal circumstances um, that the, the PNL just makes it better. So the annualized ROC is 20.5, PL per contract is 144, 390. And then we arrive again back at the bottom of the table trading naked, which is the highest PNL per contract, the annualized ROC. So this is kind of interesting, right? Because again, qualitatively, this shows that if you have to trade a spread, it does seem like there is some sweet spot where you can get a really good return on capital. You're going to make less money, but again, you're getting more return on capital. So if your account is small and your capital constrained, then, you know, you got to do what you got to do, right? Work the best with, uh, work with, uh, do the best with what you have. And the thing here is, again, I want to stress that this is not a, you know, your, your actual results may vary because I've approximated the commission. I don't really know if the execution on these are realistic or not. Again, this is a back test. So if the slippage is bad or execution is bad, you may have worse results. But again, you get, there is hope, right? There is hope that you can trade as a spread and, and, and still make money, right? Now, the other question is, if you have the capital, why not just do spreads right why not just do the seven delta wings yeah always get the 322% ROC right because if you take the same capital rather than trading naked but you do the wing and you do double the contract size three times the contract size you can make more money overall right um, just by jacking up the, the contracts for the same amount of capital but you know I've talked about this in the past you know spreads are just a license to leverage the bigger size you trade the bigger versus drawdown uh, you can make more, but you can lose more. So it's all a trade-off, right? You have to look at the drawdown potential, you know, uh, and for me, with my strategies, because I do a fixed credit, you know, your loss size is, for me, the, the loss, the credit is a proxy for risk, and the loss size in a stop defines your risk tolerance. So if I trade bigger, <laughs> you're going to stand to lose more, right? But again, qualitatively, it's just interesting that you can see this inflection where, you know, the PNL is climbing as you get closer and closer naked. And you see this inflection of the return on capital climbing and then kind of teetering off because as you get too wide, the capital requirement actually, you know, starts being worse than trading naked, especially if you have portfolio margin. So now let's move to the SPY study.
same setup, short short strike 15 delta, 2x stop loss, $1 commission, five and a half years, 2016 to 2021. But the reason I want to do this, again, is to compare and contrast because if you have a product that, you know, SPY is going to track SPX and vice versa. So the win rate and the strategy is going to be the same. But the product is one-tenth the size, right? SPY is one-tenth the size of SPX. So the commission is relatively going to be 10 times higher, right? So you get 10 times the commission drag. Or someone pointed out, because of the exchange fee, it might really only be five times the commission drag. And of course, depending on your commission structure, you've negotiated, maybe different. But again, what my point is, the commission is just heavier. And in fact, I showed someone else this study earlier today, and they commented on how shocked they were that the only difference in the results were, in fact, the commissions. So let's look at this, okay? At the 13 delta long wing for SPY, 57% win rate. The wing size is 50 cents to a dollar, so it's about a 500 to a thousand or $50 to $100 capital. So tiny capital, but the ROC is negative. It's negative 68%, and you make negative. You lose $2,500 over the five and a half years, which is an annualized of negative 18% per year. So that is that just shows you that how big of an impact, because these are fixed costs, right? If you, everyone knows this, economies of scale. Um, if you have a fixed cost, then if you can push the, the vo uh, not the volume, but like the size of the transactions and your, 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 your fees and your drag are fixed, then it's going to be just smaller as a proportion. And this was, in fact, enough to push it to negative, right? But again, there's hope. Let's push the wing out a bit, right? Push to the 10 delta wing. Now the pop jumps to 74%, right? In, in the previous, the 13 delta wing, the 57%, uh, it, it's, it's just a function. I think the commission is so high or it gets stopped out so often that it actually lowers the win rate. So at 10 delta wing, 74% win rate. The wing size is $1.5 to $5, so $150 to $500 capital. ROC is 7%, annualized at 1.24, not great, you made $285 over the five and a half years. But hey, there's hope, right? It's, it's, it's making money. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Now we push it out further, seven delta wing, right? 75% wing rate now, three to nine dollar wing width. ROC is 51%, hey, not bad. Annualized 7.78%, you make $2,700 over five and a half years. Moving on down, five delta wing. 75% win rate, four to thirteen dollar wing size, 66% ROC, annualized 9.65, you make four thousand two hundred dollars. Not great again, but you know, um, it's something. And we're so we're still seeing the ROC go up. Okay, so now we do a two delta wing, 76% win rate, nine dollar to forty-one dollar wing width, ROC 72% continues to go up, uh 10.36% annualized ROC you make $7,200. And finally, we go out even further. One delta wing, 77% win rate, 14 to $60 wing width, right? So $1,400 to $6,000 capital per contract, 69% ROC. So now you're starting to see that, that dip, right? That inflection. The ROC does go down a little bit, annualized 10.01%, but the PL continues to climb, $8,900 per one contract. And finally, we go to naked, right? 77% win rate. Wing size irrelevant. ROC is 156%, right? That's the highest ROC. And annualized 18.64, that's not bad. PL per contract, $12,600. So in this case, it's just important to see the difference, right? Because these were essentially the same study. The only difference between these two was the size of the product, right? Because the product SPY is so small, 
that the fixed cost associated with the commission is larger, and that's enough to totally skew, and it just compresses everything, the ROC, the P&L per contract. So, you know, depending on your account side, you know, I, I generally, I've said this before, I don't encourage tight spread trading, but it almost seems like you can do better trading SPX on a relatively, you know, I take that back. And this is why it's so good to look at numbers and compare because, yes, the tight, the quote-unquote tight spreads on SPX are good, but even the tight spreads on SPX are relatively very wide as compared to SPY, right? So, so, so the best result spread on SPX in terms of ROC was seven delta, which is twenty to eighty-five points wide, and that's wider than even the one delta wing on SPY. So uh, it, it just really shows the difference in leverage. But again, that, that kind of brings it all home. At the end of the day, it's just about leverage, right? If you, if you can trade, you know, 2,000 to 8,000 uh, BP per contract, and you can do the SPX, and you can make that 322% ROC um, versus SPY. So honestly, if you're restricted to SPY, or you had to trade that small, you want to try it out for experience or you're okay with the profit i mean it's okay do it you know but really once your account is a little bit bigger you know 25 50,000 at least then maybe something like this is doable um but again for me personally i always tell people like portfolio margin is where it's at because you really unlock that capital efficiency and finally i will say you know people have talked about this you could probably do this on futures if you do this on futures you can get even double the capital efficiency essentially of portfolio margin um, the issue with futures and uh, is that uh, as far as i know you can't set gtc stops so you have to set the stops every day um, although somebody was telling me maybe ib can do a simulated stop on, on futures but i have yet to confirm that so that is one thing to consider but again I, I wanted to get this out here it's not my thing to do but i know a lot of people have been asking about this so if you want to Again, if you haven't, uh, obviously, if you haven't been looking at the table, it's probably a lot of numbers, but go to my trading page, uh, www.thetradebusters.com, click the link for the 7DTE income strategy, and you'll see a new tab called Spread Study. So, you know, bookmark the page, continue to uh, follow that. There's a media tab where all the new podcast episodes are coming out. And uh, you can also follow me at Twitter at uh, The Trade Buster. Um, so, that's it. Hope this helps and um, see you next time.